0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, as always, on the Goodyear hotline, they will include the pride of Philadelphia, even though he's actually from Queens. Sal Palantonio in just a moment with the Philly reaction to the enormous trade of yesterday. Steve Smith Sr. in 15 minutes. Vince Carter for NBA Legends Week. The green list is about trades, which, of course, is the only place to start. Here we go! Go!
2: Only one place to start.
1: And that place, of course, is in Philadelphia and Indianapolis and all other places in between. As yesterday, while we were wrapping up this program, the news came across that the Eagles have traded Carson Wentz for a three and a conditional two to Indianapolis. And, of course, everyone has been reacting to that nonstop ever since. And when things happen that are interested in Philly, I always call my friend Sal Palantonio, who joins me here on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Sal Palantonio. Good morning, Michael. It is, uh, it's a crazy day around here, I'll tell you that. Well, so give me a sense of that. That's the first thing I want. I have so many things I want to do with you, but that's the first thing I want. What is the reaction of the Eagle fan today to the trade yesterday, Carson Wentz gone, and what they got for him?
3: I know there are a lot of conflicting emotions, a lot of conflicting reactions. You know, it starts with sadness because uh, people did love Carson Wentz and what he did for the team. And for the city of Philadelphia, you know, it's always been my contention that they don't win the Super Bowl. In 2017, without Carson Wentz going 11-2, he brought the team that first round by, uh, the number one seed in the NFC. They get home field advantage. And then the closer, uh, uh, Nick Foles, you know, playing the Mariano Rivera role, closes it out. And they, and they win the Super Bowl. So Wentz had an important part in that. And losing Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, it's quite a blow. Sadness, but there's also relief. Okay, now we can move on. But there's also shock. And that's why I say there's conflicting emotions. Sadness, relief, shock, because what are, what are, what are people left with here now? They're left with a four and eleven and one team, with a rookie head coach that's never called the place, with a quarterback situation that's to be charitable about it, completely unsettled with an offensive line that is decimated, they're in a total rebuild mode right now.
1: Total rebuild mode. I think that's exactly right. And so, Sal, here's the next thing I want to ask you, because Wentz comes in with so much fanfare. And as you point out, when he was good, he was so good. But here's the sort of summation of the Wentz era. The Eagles traded a ton to draft him, including a pick that turned into Deshaun Watson. He never starts and wins a playoff game. And now they're paying 15% of their salary cap next year to have him not play for them. Why, At the end of the day, Sal, why didn't it work for Carson in Philly?
3: Well, I think there's a number of things. Let's start with one, the injuries. The blowing out his knee in Los Angeles. I was there that sad day. Uh, the fact that he then had a back problem suffers the concussion in his first and only playoff game in an Eagles uniform and Jadavion Clowney spears him in the back. Uh, you know, then he gets money. Then, then uh, they trade, they draft Jalen Hurts. And he proved to be, you know, a guy who wanted more control over the situation that he was in. You know, I said something on the KJZ show Two days after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I called it the LeBronification of the National Football League. Mm. And and I have watched you on Get Up talk about that uh, for the last two weeks with the co- with the quarterback carousel. And Carson Wentz wanted out. He went to the Eagles and said, I don't want to come back at the end of the season. I know that for a fact. It happened. There's no question. The reporting done, great reporting done by the great Adam Schefter and great Chris Mortensen was all true. It was a fractured relationship that couldn't be put back together again, and he wanted out, and he talked his way out of Philadelphia. He wound up getting a whole boatload of money, and now he's with the coach he wants to play with on a team with a much better offensive line. I remember, you know, and in fact, I was on getup with you mm-hmm. last year. Remember when I said to you, I talked to Frank Reich about what he was going to do with Philip Rivers. And I said, Greeny, what he's going to do with Philip Rivers is Frank Reich told me he's going to protect him first and foremost. And he's going to cut down on the turnovers that he had with the Chargers. And they wound up being 11 and 5. They, were, they had the second to last number of sacks in the league, only 21, second fewest. The Eagles had the most. And that's what Frank Reich is going to do with Carson Wentz. He's going to protect them help him with his accuracy, and make sure he trusts what he sees and pulls the trigger. And Carson Wentz is now on the clock, right? Yeah. In Indianapolis, we can all agree on that.
1: There's no doubt about it. My question of the day coming up here this morning is going to be, is there any player in the NFL who has more pressure on him next season than Carson Wentz? My initial answer no. is going to be no, right? I mean, that's okay. You'll, no. You could be the first one.
0: You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day.
1: Let's do it. It's my question of the day: Is there any player in the NFL facing more pressure next season than Carson Wentz?
3: No, there is absolutely not. He was given the keys to the kingdom. The, Frank Reich hired Press Taylor as his offensive coordinator uh, to to babysit, basically, and I'm going to use that term to make sure to mollify Carson Wentz. Press Taylor was his quarterbacks coach in in, in Philadelphia. Everybody knows they have a very close relationship. I think part of the reason why the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni away from the Colts was to try to convince Carson Wentz, hey, we, didn't, we don't have Frank Reich, but we have the next best thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can repair this relationship. Uh, it didn't happen, and now the Eagles have Nick Sirianni and uh, a quarterback room that is left with Jalen Hurts, who when you compare the numbers, and I sent you that email this morning, yep. compare the numbers of Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts. Hurts doesn't look so good. Really, he really doesn't. I mean, albeit it's a small sample size, I get it. Bad offensive line, I get it. Horrible circumstances. Let's give the young man the benefit of the doubt. But if you're asking me if the Eagles are going to seriously consider drafting a quarterback at number six, the answer is emphatically yes, they Hmm. are.
1: Sal, you were the only person I wanted to talk to about this this morning. I have to run. Thanks a million. We will continue this conversation as we go forward. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Michael. The great Sal Palantonio from Philly with me with all the inside. I'm Greenie. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. All right, we are just getting started. Steve Smith, who's a terrific analyst now, is going to jump on here. We'll go through all this football stuff. We've got the question of the day, which I just mentioned. It's whence related. We will take your calls uh, in this hour as we continue. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. And a whole lot more. Just getting rolling. My name is Greeny, and you're listening to ESPN Radio.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around...
1: Steve Smith Sr. will join me live in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline. Outstanding insight as we go into the big trade of yesterday and all the moves that have not yet been made. But I will spend those 30 seconds telling you that the best teams start with great talent. But finding the right people can be a challenge. So when it comes to hiring, ZipRecruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast. Here's how they do it. They send your job. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 top job sites. ZipRecruiter is so effective. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So to try ZipRecruiter, absolutely free, go to ZipRecruiter.com/Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com/Greeny. It's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, here we go. As I bring Steve Smith Sr. into the conversation, you see him on NFL Network. He is the host of the Cut To It podcast, which you can hear anywhere that you get your podcasts. Steve, as I welcome you in, I have a trivia question for you. Are you ready for this? Hembo, put this together, and here's the question. There are only two wide receivers in NFL history who have more all-purpose yards than you do. You have 19,180 all-purpose yards in your career. Can you name the only two receivers in history with more?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Uh, no, I can't. I know one has to be possibly a guy who was a dual threat that played, that did a uh, special teams. I want to say Desmond Howard, but I don't think he played it long enough. Desmond Howard is not even close to
1: right. It is, it is actually two guys that you would think. It's Jerry Rice and Tim Brown.
0: Okay are the two players who have oh, more all-purpose yards okay. than you. How about that? Well, I, I would never have put my name in the same sentence or paragraph with those guys, so that's why I didn't go there.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I just did. <laughs> and it fits, and it works, and, and you are deli- it is delightful to have you back. Steve Smith Sr. is with me here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. All right, Steve, let's get to it. What did you think of the trade yesterday? Went to Indianapolis. You see what the Eagles get back.
0: What was your first takeaway? First takeaway, uh, really, I think that's the best fit for Carson Wentz on paper. Uh, when you look at what has um, transpired with him, and this is all obviously hearsay uh, with, with what has gone on in Philadelphia, and then you also understand the history, and then I also understand uh, the great coach that, that Frank Wright is the familiarity but I think it's a good pick but also have a little bit of hope and apprehension because um, you know Carson Wentz is in a position he's in for whatever reasons they're out there doesn't matter because he's in a new place but if he does not play like the Carson Wentz that before he got hurt when he was in the MVP race then we're going to be saying the same thing and having the same questions and having the same dialogue about Carson Wentz, just in a different jersey.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I'm going to make the point a little later in the show. I think he has more pressure on him next year than any player in the sport. And I was talking to Ryan Clark about this on TV this morning, and he was saying that what really has always hurt Wentz was trying to be great. Was trying to be the MVP. Mm-hmm. Was what they call hero mm-hmm. ball, right? And and I'm trying to. Yeah. So, yeah. You're agreeing with that, and 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 if so, what does he need to do in Indy?
0: Well, I I, I wouldn't call a hero ball. I would just say sometimes he doesn't take the easy throws. Mm. He doesn't take the what the defense is giving him, and then and, and take it a deep and take it further is because there were plays that Carson Wentz made early in his career, that really were fantastic. But it wasn't the throw that was designed. He was throwing a deep pass to Nelson Aguilar or Deshaun Jackson or uh, uh, Alshon Jeffries when he was the fourth or fifth or, or the second or third look after he already bypassed the first or second look the first time. He mm-hmm. didn't take what the defense gave him. so And that created what Ryan said, and I think he said it perfectly, hero ball. And so the narrative that is in Philly about Carson Wentz is a little bit Carson Wentz's fault because he's created some bad habits that has become his normal play, which has equaled up to his benching. And now he is now happy to reset. Geographically, he's in a different setting. But the man inside the New Jersey still has to make the right reads, still has to, yes, he's behind a better line. But is he going to throw the check down? Is he going to stand in the pocket and throw this, the guy who is the second read to the pass, or is he going to scramble around and improvise? I- I- improvising works until it starts to hurt you. And then all of a sudden you start to ad-lib, and now you've got the biggest ad-lib of your career, which is a bench. And now you are upset at your own results of what you've done. So just to piggyback off how you started, well, it sounded like he was it recruiting and he he got some, he he got the Indianapolis Colts, picked him up immediately. Now, is he going to be the Carson Wentz of Philadelphia Eagles? Or is he going to be the Carson Wentz that was drafted who can be a foundation and take this team where Phillip Rivers cannot?
1: outstanding steve smith senior taking care of the reads for me as well you see him on nfl network outstanding insight into all of this how about the team he leaves behind now steve uh, the eagles you know they sort of went all in for him I-, I mentioned it earlier they traded a bunch of stuff to get him now they wind up getting comparatively much less in return and they have 34 million dollars in dead cap money jalen hurts right now would figure to be the starting quarterback what becomes of them
0: Well, I don't think they they lost anything because here's why. When you have a team that's divided or a locker room or you have players that feel a certain way, sometimes you got to really count. You know, you got to count your money and say, "What's you know, my grandpa used to always say in playing dominoes, he used to say, Steve, all money ain't good money. So if Mm -hmm. you're playing dominoes and I go and try to get that 10, but I open up the board to allow him to score 20, all money's not good money. And Carson Wentz had a lot of money on the table and brought a lot of great attributes, but the attribute that where every player is up against is what is his win column. And ultimately, they they are Super Bowl champs, but Carson Wentz wasn't that quarterback that led them. And until they find a quarterback and offensive line, and what kind of offense are they going to run with Jalen Hurts? That's the real question. What kind of are they going to run this RPO that's excellent. Excellent during the regular season, but it gets exposed during the playoffs and that's what players play for. That's where legacies are built. That's where people uh are you know, people are evaluated on what was their January and February record. Don't tell me how good they were in the play in, in the regular season. Mhm.
1: Steve Smith with me here on ESPN Radio. By the way, the NBA is here on our network. Tune in tomorrow night. LeBron and the Lakers hosting Butler and the Heat. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. Let me ask you about a couple other things while I have you, Steve. Um, The Deshaun Watson remains the biggest fish in all of this, and and we wait to see what winds up happening with him. Carolina has become one of the places that he is – heavily rumored to be potentially going to you played 13 seasons for the Carolina Panthers. What do you think of that fit? What do you think of the whole situation with Deshaun?
0: I, I mean, you, you know, obviously everybody's talking about quarterback. There's a, you know, the carousel of quarterbacks and availability, what you have to give up. I I, I think I, you know, I'm growing and like the pick if they do it, but my question is what are they going to have to give up and how are they going to fix some of the other, um, some of the other issues that they have, a uh, lack of depth, a uh, lack of experience in some of the other areas that they need help and improvement on. And when you bring in a Deshaun Watson, but you need, you know, Russell Kuhn was excellent when he played, but he, he, he obviously is not a young buck anymore. So what happens if he goes down again, it, it, do you have anybody that's worth, uh, that you feel confident in that can start 16 games and hopefully in the playoffs, then they don't have a tight end. You can't give everything for Deshaun, and then go to you know and then go shopping on a discount for other positions that you can't have a discount tight end. They had that already and that didn't work, mm. right? They had to you know get rid of um, Greg Olson. He wasn't a discount tight end, and you see they had no presence at tight end. Um, They also need some offensive line. They let go of K.K. Short. They need somebody to replace him. They also need another corner on the other side of Dante Jackson. There's a number of areas they still really haven't filled that role of Luke Kuechly, that bona fide middle linebacker that can impact and direct and captain that defense. You can't bargain shop with that because you've given half of your salary cap to a quarterback and your draft picks because you're going to find yourself back in the same position, which is excellent players, but you're not playing in January and February. These teams are out there. They're making moves.
1: Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. And as a result, it has created the most interesting hot stove season that we have in any sport. The NFL used to have none, and now it has all of it. And Steve Smith, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you and talk about it. Thank you for a million, my friend. Enjoy the weekend, and we will talk again soon. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. All right. Take care of Steve Smith. Again, the Cut to It podcast is available anywhere you get your podcast. He's so good. And it is uh, great to hear his perspective on all of this stuff in this incredibly busy time in the NFL. And with that, because we had Sal right out of the gate and because we had Steve Smith right there, I've not had a chance to introduce some of our friends. But Hembo is back with me this morning. He hasn't been here all week long. Hello, Hembo. Hello, Green. And then there is hashtag Bubba, my disheveled board <laughs> operator who is in <laughs> Bristol this morning. Hello, Bubba. Yeah, hello. <laughs> it is good
4: to why does Bubba get the hashtag it, I,
1: I, the I don't way. know it just sort of started I don't know why I, I decided I wanted this, this show to be called hashtag Greeny, okay and no one ever puts the hashtag on it like when, when we put out press releases about the show it just says Greenie without the, hashtag. But
4: the Bubba hashtag the Bubba press releases say hashtag Bubba yes
1: if, if, should there ever be a hashtag or should there ever be a press release written about <laughs> Bubba there's no question we will put the hashtag on it so anyway we're having a good time here I've got a million things I want to get to here is the next order of business the scoop the scoop this morning is going to be straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless and that is vegas took a look at this trade yesterday and didn't care hardly at all hardly at all before the trade the colts were 25 to 1 to win the super bowl they were 12 to 1 to win the, a- the afc after the trade they remained 12 to 1 to win the afc and 22 to 1 to win the super bowl here is what i will say this is my straight talk i disagree I think the Colts are much better than that. And I think they will be much better. For all of the criticism that I have offered of Carson Wentz, and I take back none of it. He handled this past season as badly as I've ever seen a star player handle anything. In all my life, you can't handle it worse. And he played terribly. He richly deserves all the things that have happened. Having said all of that, I still believe in him and he's gone to exactly the right place. He managed to get exactly what he want. He couldn't have done it any worse, but he got exactly what he wanted. It's almost frustrating to see a player destroy a franchise the way he did to the Eagles and get exactly what he wants on his way out the door, but that is what he wants. And playing for Reich, playing behind that line, playing with that, that, those skill position players, playing in that dome, he is going to be great. I'm telling you right now, I'm first guessing it. Carson Wentz is going to be really good. I think RC said it right on TV this morning. He doesn't have to play MVP caliber football. On that team, you just have to be good, and he will be. And I think that team will be a real contender. When you put together the teams you could see winning the AFC next year, I definitely include the Colts. It's got Kansas City in it. It's got Buffalo in it. I like Cleveland, and I like what I've seen from what they're doing there. Let's see what winds up happening with Deshaun. If he winds up in Miami, I think the Dolphins become a serious contender. Baltimore cannot be overlooked. And I absolutely put Indianapolis in that conversation. They were a couple of questionable coaching decisions Mm -hmm. away from beating Buffalo on the road in the playoffs a month ago. So I'm a fan of the Colts. I'm a fan of this deal. And I think it's going to wind up working out very well for them. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Meanwhile, trades are the subject of today's outstanding list.
0: The list is what determines who matters in this business.
2: The Green List.
1: Every single day, the Green List here with me, uh, the world's foremost authority on all matters. I give you my top five, this, that or the other. And today, and I should make it clear, Wentz is not in this. The five worst trades ever. The five worst trades ever. Because the Eagles, to me, get fleeced in this. They gave up everything in the world to move up to take Carson Wentz, paid him a fortune, never won a playoff game with him as the starter, keep $34 million in dead cat money on their books, and trade him away for a, a three and a conditional two. That's a disaster. But it is by no means one of the five worst trades In the history of sports. Here we go. Number five. Number five, 1966. The Reds traded Frank Robinson to Baltimore for pitcher Milt Pappas and two players they acquired in the offseason who never played for the Orioles. So basically that trade wound up being Frank Robinson for Milt Pappas. The Reds general manager referred to Frank Robinson as, quote, not a young 30. (laughs) He was so not young that in his first year in Baltimore, he won the Triple Crown, he won the League MVP, he won the World Series, and was the World Series MVP. During his time in Baltimore, they won three more pennants and one more World Series in 1970, beating the Reds, the team that traded him away. So the trade of Frank Robinson is, and Hambo, you're a baseball savant, one of the legendarily terrible trades in any sport. That's right,
4: and he remains the only player to win the MVP in both the American League and the National League. Yes, and that is because they made that
1: trade right right there. So that is number five. Number four. But yes, I have four worse ones. In 1992, the Atlanta Falcons traded Brett Favre to the Green Bay Packers. Favre had played one year as a second-round pick in Atlanta. The Falcons drafted a running back who played 33 games for them, rushed for 329 yards, and fumbled nine times. His (laughs) name was Tony Smith out of Southern Miss. And they traded away Brett Favre. And Brett Favre became, as you well know, one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived and maybe as legendary and beloved a player as the sport ever saw. The trade of Brett Favre is the fourth worst trade We've ever seen in sports. The green list with me. green Number three. Number three is the Gretzky trade. And and if you are in Canada, that's number one. The Gretzky trade two months after winning the Stanley Cup. The Oilers sent Gretzky and two other players to the L.A. Kings. And in return, mostly they got a bunch of money. They also received a player named Jimmy Carson, who was the biggest piece in the trade. His first season in Edmonton. He scored 49 goals. Just four games into the next season, he was traded to Detroit. While in Los Angeles, Gretzky won three more scoring titles, helped lead the Kings to the 93 Cup final. It is known as the trade from one coast of, of Canada to the other. He is the greatest player in that sports history by a wide margin. And when that trade was actually be made, there were people in the country, people in Canada, who actually petitioned the government to block it. <laughs> They actually try to have a movement to disallow the trade of Wayne Gretzky to the L.A. Kings. And if you are, as I am, old enough to remember when it happened, it's hard to put into words just how big a deal trading away Gretzky was and how big a deal his arrival in L.A. was. It was, like, viewed as a a renaissance for the sport. And he went to L.A. and he was great. And he played for Barry Melrose for the L.A. Kings and on it went. So you say to yourself... How can there be two worse trades than that? Well, this is why you need me. Number two. Number two. 1956, the St. Louis Hawks acquired Ed McCauley and Cliff Hagan in a trade from the Boston Celtics. They traded Boston a player by the name of Bill Russell. Let's talk about the two players they got. McCauley went on to play three more seasons. For the Hawks, Hagan actually led the Hawks to a championship. Bill Russell won 11 championships for the Celtics. He was the five-time league MVP, a 12-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA First Team, NBA's All-Defensive First Team, and four-time NBA Rebounding Champion. He is, without any debate, the greatest winner in the history of American team sports. And he was acquired by the Celtics in a trade from the St. Louis Hawks. I don't know that most people know that. I don't know that most people realize that Russell was traded to the Celtics. And yet he was. And that constitutes the second worst trade in American sports history. I'm looking at Brandon. I always, Brandon, lo- no one loves these lists more than our stage manager, Brandon, who always tries to guess along with me. Can you guess what number one is going to be? The Herschel Walker trade is not right. Number one. It is not the Herschel Walker trade. The Herschel Walker trade is a bad trade. Babe Ruth in 1920 (laughs) was traded. The Boston Red Sox traded Babe Ruth for $100,000 and a loan to finance a Broadway musical called No No Nanette. (laughs) Ruth had played six seasons with the Red Sox, leading them to three World Series victories. After the trade, he won four World Series with the Yankees. He was a league MVP. He led the American League in home runs 10 times. He led the American League in RBIs four times. He became the most legendary slugger and the most legendary figure to this day in the history of America's pastime. And the Red Sox, suffering from the curse of the Bambino, didn't win the World Series again for another 84 years. That, my friends, is the worst trade in the history of sports. I've not looked into this. Uh, Hembo, what can you tell me about No-No Nanette?
4: Uh, I can't tell you that much, but Harry Frazee, their owner at the time, the Red Sox owner at the time, was like hemorrhaging money because like, his Broadway stuff was doing so badly, and the Yankees just took advantage of it. Uh, but, but the did they, they ever?
1: <laughs> they get Babe Ruth... For a 100 grand and a loan to finance a musical called "No, No, <laughs> <laughs> net, net and Ruth in 20 go, 1920 goes to the Yankees, and the rest is history. So OK, spectacular. Just a spectacular list, really well done by the group. That is the green list today of the five worst trades in American sports history. All right, now I want to open up the phones to you, because today we have a very simple question of the day.: You ask these questions.
0: Greenie's Question of the Day.:
1: And my question of the day is for you. Is there anyone in sports right now with more pressure on them to perform than Carson Wentz? I would say it is Wentz, but I'm always open to having my mind changed. So if you would like to argue on behalf of someone else who you think is under more pressure in sports right now than Carson Wentz, let me hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 3776. Give me a call right now. Is there a player in any sport or a coach, anyone in sports right now, with more pressure on them than Carson Wentz? I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number
2: eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. One of
1: the most famous games ever played. Greeny with you. College basketball season this year is heating up. Means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. You can go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch For the list of the Wooden Award uh, late season top 20 nominees to watch, they include Gonzaga's Corey Kispert, who scored 20 to lead unbeaten Gonzaga to a big win over St. Mary's last night. The John R. Wooden Award presented by Wendy's. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. All right, phone lines are open at 888-SAY-ESPN. It is my... Question of the day. Is there anyone in sports right now under more pressure to perform than Carson Wentz as he works this trade for himself to Indianapolis and gets exactly what he wants? 888-SAY-ESPN is the phone number. Let's see what we've got. Bubba, who's first up? Yeah, we're going to start with Jeff. Jeff, you're on ESPN Radio. Who's under the most pressure in sports?
0: Hey, Greeny, it's going to be whoever lines up under center for the Chicago Bears
1: whoever lines up under center for the Chicago Bears. So here's the thing. The pressure in Chicago, to me, is on the coach and on the general manager. And they're going to get fired, which is what makes that a bad job. But the level of expectation is much lower, depending on who it is, depending on who winds up being their quarterback next year. Whoever that person is will most likely not have Basically burned the house down back where he came from, engineered a trade exactly to the spot that he wants, and and now goes to a team that has absolute Super Bowl expectations. I don't think those things happen in Chicago. So yes, I think there's a lot of pressure on the Bears. I think most of it is on the coach. I do not agree that it's on the quarterback. Greeny with you. Who is next up? Question of the day. Who's under the most pressure in sports? We got Mark. Mark, you're on ESPN radio. Who's under the most pressure? James Harden. James Harden. Well, that's a good one. I do like that. What does James Harden have to do? Let me bring in Nuno. Nuno, if the Nets fall short of the NBA Finals this year and Harden plays badly, he he has been sensational so far and they've, they've put the ball in his hands. They just blew out the Lakers last night. But his problems have always come in May, not in February. If he plays bad in May and they lose a series, does it all fall down him?
0: He will get destroyed because these other guys have actually won. He has struggled, as you said. He will get destroyed in, in the New York, with the New York
4: media.
1: That's a good one. That's actually a good one. Wentz, Hembo, Wentz or Harden? More pressure.
4: I would say Wentz, but the NBA name that I thought of was actually not James Harden. It was Giannis. It was Giannis Antetokounmpo. See, I don't agree
1: with that at all. I think I get there is pressure on Giannis, but I don't think it's anything like that. I don't think people are laying in the weeds ready to destroy him. Like, I think people like him. People have it in for Harden. People have it in for Wentz. Giannis chose to stay in Milwaukee. You know, what I mean, he's—I think he's a beloved person there, and generally across the league, I think people love him. People, I think, are rooting for Harden to fail like crazy and rooting for Wentz to fail.
4: I, f- I, I view Giannis's current case very similar to LeBron's and. Cleveland 10 years ago. I think, well, it, I, think they're, I think they're in similar, on sort of similar lanes. Now. I get it. I, I, don't, I, don't,
1: I don't see that one. I do like the Harden one, but that's what makes the world go round Or all of these opinions, even the wrong ones, like that one from Hembo. Bubba, who is next up? Yeah, let's go to uh, Nuno in control room two. <laughs> Back to Nuno in control room two. Nuno, who's under the most
0: pressure? It's Bill Belichick. He has to get this quarterback right. If he doesn't, if people in Boston aren't going to be quiet – Tom Brady just won the talk of, hey, Brady or Belichick is just going to end and Belichick needs to get this right this year.
1: I I like that one. Now, I am not one who is going to take anything away from Bill. You have heard me say it and my opinion has not changed. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in football history. But with Brady winning, it is inarguable that the pressure is ratcheted up on Bill and in particular, because he didn't get the quarterback thing right last year. Now you give him a mulligan, a, one year, crazy circumstances, all the opt-outs. Cam had no offseason. The 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 thing with the kid, who am I forgetting his name? The the young, the Jared St- Stidham. Stidham, who we thought was going to be everyone thought was going to be their quarterback. That hasn't gone well. So I do agree, Nuno. I think that's a good one. I would put him behind Harden and Wentz, but not far behind. I like that call a lot. Greeny, with you here. The question of the day, is there anyone in sports with more pressure than Carson Wentz? Bubba, give me one more on the phone. Yeah, we got Ron. Ron, you're on ESPN Radio. Who's under the most pressure? Ron.
3: I think it's a former Clevelander, Francisco Lindor. Going to New York, he was treated with kid gloves in Cleveland.
1: Going to that stage, he's got to perform, Greeny. Well, Francisco Lindor, yes, there's pressure on him to perform, but I do not believe that people will view Hembo Actually, let me go to Bubba. You're the Met fan. I do not believe if he plays reasonably well and the Mets don't win anything this year, I don't think the world is all coming down on Francisco Lindor the way they're going to come down on Harden or Carson Wentz. But you tell me, Bubba, you're the Met fan. How will you view it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess if we somehow end up with like another Jason
1: Bay or, you know, Roberto Alomar situation, someone who comes here and is terrible, that would be awful. But I don't think there's pressure on him to deliver a championship by any means not not immediately anyway and, and there's basically Hembo zero chance he's that bad right I mean there's Correct. just no chance of that
4: no chance and they don't they're not even favored to win their own division so that seems like a bit of a stretch to me. Uh, right they'll win it <laughs> uh, they're favored by
1: Bubba but Bubba you have a different choice you have anyone I got a minute here you got anyone else you would yeah I would say the rest of the NL East <laughs> The rest of the NL East is under the most pressure. Question of the day here uh, on ESPN Radio, and we'll continue with those thoughts. Is there anyone under more pressure than Carson Wentz? Harden is a good one. Belichick is a good one. But I'm staying with Wentz because I think much of the NFL internally has it in for him and is rooting against him. We shall see. Uh, Our NBA Legends Week will continue in the next hour. Vince Carter and a whole lot more. Stay with me on ESPN Radio.
0: Greeny, the podcast.